0: Welcome and hello to our fourth episode and thank you for joining us on the Team Hive Mind podcast. So just to sort of start you off, there's multiple places you can find us, Team Hive Mind on Facebook, Team Tactics at gmail.com and attached to this episode you'll find the Discord link so that you can come join us as our Discord actually is sort of taking off as it were. Uh, we're now up to I think 50... Members, which is really nice. We've got multiple different things going on: people sharing lists, people discussing about their tournament experiences. We've even got one of our guys that comes to our local wargaming club has set up a TTS league, um, which is already full. So that's really great. Um, you can also find out about the Team Hive Mind events as well, either through the Discord or from Team Hive on Facebook, uh, which um, are next one, which is February 18th, is already full, but there's information about the other ones coming up throughout the year as well there. So um, I've written myself a script for this one so that I actually stay focused, and this episode is one that speaks to us on a personal level, and we feel as a group that is important to discuss openly. That's why it's mental health and the hobby. The positives and negative experiences that we've had in our time with the hobby, as long or short as it may be. A couple of us will be talking about our personal experiences, which is not always easy to do. And as you might see, we don't always have the words to explain what we're trying to say. We are hoping it gives others an opportunity to reflect and think about their experiences and the experiences of others within the hobby. We're also going to be talking about Alex's recent RTT experience, which lived in a land of its very own strange meta. So I'd like to welcome back our recurring hosts of Simone, Alex and Matt.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: And yeah, so starting off, first of all, as we always do, our hobby projects, as Ark of Aiman is now fully upon us, what have people been working on? And hopefully not just boxes of empty sprues that someone kindly gave them again. mate. All right,
2: move on from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so moving on from there. Hello,
1: everyone. I haven't done much, to be honest. Unfortunately, life took over, so I only managed to play some DTS game, unfortunately. My, my miniature... Uh, gathering dust all over otherwise i magnetize a little bit one of the uh, the big knight from the from the christmas box and let's see really
0: i haven't done much more it's a bit of a shame i miss it quite a lot at least you got a bit in with doing some uh sort of tts games one where i yeah got far thoroughly trounced by you as well um <laughs> <laughs> as wonky tts dice did their thing Matt. Yeah, the blimmed the dice, blimmed the dice, yeah. <laughs> it was also a stupid movement. That's James's man.
3: move, and he's going to use it.
0: Yeah.
2: No, enough. the move is
0: I've already lost. <laughs>
2: uh, Matt? I have been building my Redemptors um, and painting up my Stompy Boys with many, many layers of a blue, because it's plasma cheat in a pot, basically. Um, yeah. Still waiting for my second Talamath to turn up. Should be arriving in Ashford this week. Um, so yeah, I've been doing the the Redemptors this week, and then I'll do the Raven Wing stuff next week to finish off my Ironwing Wing list, which I am. I'm split on at the moment. I'm kind of enjoying it, but it's kind of a bit dull. So it, it's it's bittersweet.
0: You are the only person enjoying it, I believe. I am probably the only person in the club enjoying it.
2: Um, it does <laughs> shoot very hard and very fast. Um, who have you
3: played so far? Tell everyone who you've played and how it's gone.
2: Oh, I've, I've played you and James. And yeah, the games went all right. I mean, we, we Sorry, got two rounds in at the club, play didn't against we? Alex? Yeah. i played two against Alex in one so night at the club. Not
3: only did we, we only get two rounds in, we got two rounds in twice within a normal club night. And yeah. this is coming from Matt, who when he plays Deathwing, like, might, get, might get to turn five of a normal game. The game was over so quickly, twice, and we still had time to spare. We were still one of the first ones
2: back. The chinwag at the end. Yeah, the list shoots <laughs> the list. very hard and is very fast, so it, it kind of gets on. Yeah, it gets on you quickly, which is fun. Right. I mean, it's great. It's great as a power flex, isn't it? Let's not, you know, it's sort of where Marines are at the moment, and Marines are busted at the moment. But at the same time, it's, it's kind nice of, to see
0: what Dev. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, it's nice to see what. What dev, dev Doctrine, Doctrine does. all game does for Ravenwing um, and 3 redemptors. Because, mm, yeah, right. but no, it's interesting. So you you say it's not that? a good idea. I think we should be kicked out at turn 3. I think turn 1 and 2 as dev is fine. Um, you have to move on to attack turn 3 or just take away Codex Warfare from being uncapped at 2vp per kill for, for dev. I mean, I'm maxing Codex Warfare Cap in it to turn tones? 2. Cap agree. It's the secondary needs to change most than everything else. The secondary is too strong, but I, th- I yep. think all—I think even if Codex Warfare was changed slightly, I think even I think the Raven Wing list would be—I think it's still too strong. I think Raven Wing with their doctrine all game. Yeah. So Obi-Wan, wise.
1: Your Redemptor, uh, almost done.
2: Yep. So three Redemptors on the table at the moment. I've got. The green and the silver's down on all of them, so I'm now going back and doing in detail. I'm going to do one that's like traditional Dark Angels colours, so it can be like have red accent colours. Um, I'm going to do one that's more of a Deathwing accent colour, so a lot of bone on that guy, um, bone with like probably like red stripes in it or something. And then the last one to nice. homage to the, to the list being called an Iron Wing list, um, he's going to have black and red accent colours on him. So all three will be slightly different. Um, Yes, yeah, so there'd be like a normal redemptor, what? a death deathwing redemptor and a, an iron wing redemptor. New
3: question. But what, what is
2: the iron wing? So the iron wing is the hexagrammaton, the dark angels before the heresy or around the heresy. Um, so because we're the first legion and we're the best legion, um, <laughs> we had the hexagrammaton. So each each wing of the hexagrammaton focused on a particular style of warfare, and then we decided to teach the rest of these tharties how to do that one thing really well so the iron wing are like the the heavy weapon siege breaker experts then after the heresy we sort of lost all of the Hexgrammaton apart from deathwing and ravenwing who focus on like speed and the terminator outfit sort of stuff but yeah the Hexgrammaton. there was like the firewing stormwing ironwing deathwing yeah dreadwing i think was one of them as well probably
0: six of them yeah
2: there were uh, i can't remember the last one was maybe Ravenwing. i don't think it was but they all focus on a particular aspect no, of, of warfare that they then imparted to the other Astartes. So the Iron Wings mm-hmm. is, yeah. is the, the heavy weapons, just we're here to eradicate you, sort of thing, which is what my at the moment.
1: <laughs> they surely do. I, I want to hear from the Renaissance men now, our new Renaissance men. <laughs> the Alex. Alex. Alex No, I'm not <laughs> <a> Renaissance men. <laughs> because you rediscover your passion for, for the hobby. You are a painter now. So you I'm are painting doing right to as we
3: speak as well. I'm painting a battle wagon. I'm putting oh, nice. some, um, well, I'm putting the first layer of, of sort of metal on it to make it look nice and old. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I have been rediscovering my love for not all parts of the hobby, but Uh, Not all parts of painting. I I have to say, I definitely enjoy painting infantry, like elite infantry. One of the reasons that I stopped painting was because when I started the hobby, I bought two, three, four thousand points of orcs and spray painted them all black. And then I was looking at them and they they were just in a cupboard staring at me. And every time I (laughs) opened the cupboard to look at them, uh, it was terrible. I, I couldn't face putting that much green on anything. So anyway, I sent some of that off and got it painted. And now it's all nicely painted but i've decided that i want to paint the things that i want to play with which is part comp part cool um and actually make a proper a base theme and um and color scheme as well so that's what yes. I'm, I'm working towards and i've painted 10 knobs uh, i'm on the battle wagon at the moment um but one of the other things that I want to do is lean into all of the orc clans or, or most of the orc clans so that I've got a, a different type of orc list to play in less competitive games as well.
2: I was going to say, because you're saying, you know, you're doing a bit of comp and a bit of like what you enjoy playing. I was going to say for, for the local league that we're doing that starts this week, I know you plan to run every clan for different rounds in that league. And I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool yeah, that you I sort of taken take a different angle and almost you've got a different goal for your for the league this time round. I think so. Like the the first two leagues, we really shaped
3: what it what it was about, didn't we? And and actually, for me, the league is the league is competitive, and I really like those kind of rounds three to five when you're you know you're you're playing for that five and no, the four and ones, and working you can work out who you're going to play next. But yeah, I'm I am dedicating myself to orcs in terms of competitive play. Um, but in the league, you know, we've got a, we have got a mixture of people that want to play fluff games and people that want to play comp games. Um, and I thought it was quite a cool way. So I'm playing Bad Moons in round one. Uh, you know, everyone that plays competitively knows that at the moment, Bad Moons haven't got a, a place on the competitive table. So I thought it was quite a fun and good way of um offering an, a game a good game against orcs where don't, you know don't get me wrong i'm still running two kill rigs but also um also some things that aren't on the table normally like for me deathcopters copters in the bad moons list i'm running nice. 11 war bikes as well
2: that's one of um, the strengths of the league isn't it the league's sort of set up for both hobby and for competitive play like you said that the later rounds yeah you'll, you'll be facing some tougher lists but the league's set up so that the painting score doesn't matter until round five and then we also we've, we've written into the rules this time that you can change sub-faction so you can bounce around a little bit and have a bit more fun with your list and enjoy it a little bit more and yeah there, there's sort of I like the balance in the league at the moment between competitive play at the end and um, some hobby work that you can do. You know, you can start a brand new arm and you haven't got to worry about getting it painted until it's around five. So it's a good 12-week stretch. This battle wagon that I'm
3: making is actually made to look and be a a bone breaker, which um, is the the kind of really tough uh, battle wagon or battle wagon variant that that comes as T8 by standard. And you can give it a really good uh, death roller as well called the red roller, which gives D six attacks on full profile plus D three plus three. At a at strength a- AP two, flat two damage. Um so I think that's pro- that's that's a good fun part of it. And it's made me buy um Moserog scrag Scragbad as well. So I'll be running um snake bites probably in round two. And that is just gonna be eighteen squigs and a load of knobs and smash squigs and running full penalty. So I think that'll be um That'll be good fun for me, I think. That's very cool. Yeah, that's
1: very that's good. It'll be interesting to see, to hear all your progress, how you're finding them. And uh, who knows, you might find a different combination <laughs> or something very competitive out of, out of these uh, league games. So that's good. Well,
2: Possibly. That's actually, try- actually a... I do
3: think. Sorry, Matt.
2: No, that's I was just saying that's one thing. It's a bit of a try now, isn't it, in the league? You can try stuff out and have a go. And you're not yeah, locked into for sure. it for five rounds.
3: Well, there's some yeah. stuff now Armour of contempt's gone, like everything that has a chopper profile, AP1 flat one damage actually is more more re- more relevant now, and that's one of the reasons about running war bikes because they've got choppers, but also they're quick and one of the things that I think we will need, particularly while space Marines are still broken um, or some of, some of the factions are, will like as Matt showed in our practice game if I want to try and engage, I've got, if I I go first, I've got one turn to get there before Mm. I get shot off the table. So speed, there's a a premium on speed now that there hasn't been before. Mm. So I'm imagining most arcs of Omens lists are going to, if orcs are going to be maxing out their fast attack slots unless they're playing Death Skulls.
2: Because I mean, in our game, we had, I went first, didn't I? I think I picked up was it all twelve Squig Hogs and a kill Rig turn one? Pretty catchy, isn't it? And then turn two it <laughs> was like the other two kill rigs, Mozrog went down. I think Gaz went down. Um yeah, well everything's gone. The, 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 the by beast boss the end of went down, two, gaz went so. down. Yeah, both kill rigs went down. So I think I think you're right, like you said, you need the speed in your list now. To, my my to beast boss out. is the
3: beast boss on squiggasaur is really difficult to take down, particularly if you build it the the tanky build. So it's minus one to wound, it's minus one damage, and it's five plus plus, and and then a the five up shrug as well. But we found a profile that that can kill it pretty easily, didn't we, Matt?
2: Which apparently which is six there. six metal attack bikes with four rerolls to hit, and then reroll <laughs> ones to wound. That's d six
3: plus two damage. i had like 28 like,
2: nine, Yeah. 28, um, feel no pains to make. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that profile. Felt- and there's two units them as well, because I've got Azra on So There's two units of those bikes doing that profile around the board. Which, that's saying silly damage.
3: Hey, that was a really, really um, long way of saying I'm making lots of orcs at the moment. <laughs> Fine, And enjoying it.
0: Tangents are good. Um... I again for the league I was very tempted to go um with Drakari or Eldar um for the reason that as Alex said there's and Matt said there's a lot of scope for playing the range playing around with factions um so I was very we tempted. You, I've also got a lot of yeah I've got a lot of Eldar to paint so it would have been that motivation but it is as uh, it, it's the year of the rabbit but it's also the year of the wolf um oh. so I'm still continuing with them um (laughs) thanks for the howl um so this week been working on firstborn jump pack librarian i mean my camera's crap and you guys can't see it so um and i did also work on 12 of a certain model that shall not be named i've got some really nice bases for them you know? but really nice uh, spaces. Yeah. Yeah, um, they jump as. around a lot and they go pew pew. Um, <laughs> oh, I see. I got it. So, man. yeah, I printed Sorry. off 12 Took bases, painted them up. Um, because uh, for the space, again, they're not Dark Angels, they're not Iron Hands. It was a nice little p- tech piece for Space Wolves to get a bit of rain shooting.
1: So, <laughs> um, you said you said 12 times 10 points
0: is 20 is 240 20, uh, yeah. 20. oh nice yeah. if right, it was 10 points better. i'd still have six in my list but at 20 point basically going back up to their original cost it was like i just just can't justify them 40 points was too cheap that you know there's no arguing that but i wanted to have some fun with them but you know i'm just going to finish painting them when i get round to it because they look 50 cool. is the
2: sweet spot isn't it 50 yeah. points is the sweet spot for that unit that, that model now
0: hmm 50 points feels reasonable. I'm sure yeah. it would still be horrific to face. And, and 12 look nice on a shelf anyway, in mm-hmm. a glass cupboard, so it's nice. Yeah.
3: They do with the the that James has made.
0: Yeah. It, to be honest, yes. it was a really good uh, dry brushing, sort of layering. It was a really good practice doing the sort of flame effect wrapped in smoke. Um, well I'd never really be good. able to do it. Yeah, yeah. so just, just that bit of practice for painting. Um, but yeah. We're going to move yeah, on that, to the...
2: Sorry, because that, that data site dropped, didn't it? About four hours before our game? Yeah. So well, that well. was not fun. Because you had your list nice and sorted to play into mine. And it looked like a really well-balanced list. And then all mm. of a sudden, as Simone was saying, you've you've gained about 240 points to your list. That you had to completely rewrite yeah. the whole thing. Like four hours to go before yep. our game. And,
0: <laughs> and my game yeah. plan was out the window, so... Against a list I knew that was going to be wonky as hell. Um, But moving on, um, Alex's RTT that he went to, which I believe was uh, actually at Element Games itself.
3: Yeah, it was, which is a really, really cool place. Mm. Um, The shop and the the hobby centre, and they had a few display cabinets as well. Um, So it was really cool to look around. The shop had literally every model that you that you could buy was fully stocked um and not just models to buy but amazing scenery uh you know every paint every paintbrush brand that you could want it was a hobbyist's dream um it was a long way away it was it was about a five-hour journey in total and i took the family as well um we went up on the friday night and we came back on sunday but it was so it was so cool and i'm definitely gonna go again
0: that's cool. Yeah, we, I mean, made it sound very interesting in terms of it just being a big hobby space. Um, how many? Players? Yeah, they had a
3: cafe and a restaurant, and oh. the people were so friendly as well. In oh, terms of the, the, the staff, um, they they really made everyone feel at home. And hmm. it, they weren't they hadn't done lots and lots of ta- tournaments. In fact, I think this was their first forty k oh, uh, nice. comp event. Um, but they, I went back on Sunday. To show my family what what, what was going on. <laughs> and mm. they had um they had uh, an AOS event running when we went back and that there were side events as well. So there were people that had just come to play their own games. But they were there were whilst I was there on Saturday, they were also running an X Wing event. Oh yeah. And on the like for probably maybe ten players, and on the mm. Sunday they had a Star Wars event. Um and that was Star nice Wars for me again. actually to see other other game systems going on because I I haven't mm. experienced that in any of the, the mm. places that that I've played games.
0: Mm. Yeah, from what I hear, Star Wars Legion, which I assume is what the Sunday game was, or um, well, the Saturday one, is like meant to be a really nice system to play, um, and you can play as a Jedi and who doesn't want to do that? So, how many players were in your little RTT foray? Uh,
3: there ended up being forty players playing. Um, from 44 that had registered, but That's a big you know, that, number. That for an RTT, it was mm. you know, it was a pretty good number. It was one of the bigger RTTs that that I played at. Yeah. Um, and from what from what I could gather from from talking in the sort of half an hour we had before the event, it was it was kind of fifty fifty mix of people that had experienced competitive play uh, and some that were totally new to it and that had just come along because they knew that Element were, were a good place to, to come and experience your first time. Mm. Um, but the one, the competitive players that were there were, you know, were, were pretty, pretty well-versed in it and were in and around the sort of rankings on, on the ITC overall rankings for the UK that,
0: that I was in as well. Wow. Did they do anything sort of to make considerations for people that were either newer players or... Um... It was their first event. I think based on pictures, they'd done something with painting.
3: Yeah. So painting wasn't, wasn't being scored. And there were a few people that, that kind of took advantage of that. And it wasn't a, oh, I'll come with broken, whatever, you know, 33 point Deathwing terminators. It was people that just hadn't, hadn't got the models out yeah. for, for long enough time to come and to have them all painted. Um, and the get the rounds were three hours, which actually I prefer as well, um, and it and it gave everyone time to to not be worrying about finishing the game. Um, so good. I was going around and taking pictures of of mainly other war armies, but uh, of of some really really nicely painted models because there were people that that weren't comp, um, but were really proud of the paint jobs that they'd given to That's their good. models, and it That's was good. Show that. for
1: that too. That helps the vibe of the event as well. That's good.
3: And actually, so, I think I think what helped from a standardisation point of view was that they were using Games Workshop terrain as well. Oh, nice. Um, so whatever table you went to, they all looked slightly different, but they, but functionally they were the same. And I, and I think that helped newer players as well mm-hmm. understand a kind of a standardised set of tables. And actually, for me, it was it was a really good experience because of that mm-hmm. as
0: well. So when you say games workshop terrain, you mean the ones with the acrylic tiles?
3: That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um so yeah, so that does give people a really good clear understanding of the layout. Um so it was a strange meta. Um from what I know, in terms of the basics, it was the new data slate and points, but with Nephilim rules. Yeah. It's kind of and like a halfway I, house. I went
3: there I went there thinking that, that probably gave me a bit of an edge because of the loss of armor of contempt, mm-hmm. and we'll come on to the, the last game um, as we get there. But I think it it was sort of swings and roundabouts actually for for
0: me. Yeah. Um did anyone turn up with eighteen? Because this was pre Inceptors points change. Did anyone turn up with eighteen Inceptors?
3: There weren't. There, well, that I saw at least, and and the one and out of the players that that placed. They weren't only with 18, but there were certainly people that had taken advantage of, of plasma inceptors and free war gear. Um, hmm. But, yeah, so I think I think the things that Marines got that, that really had a, a material benefit, and not just actually at, at the RTT, but since when I've played a couple of practice games against some Space Marine players. And funnily enough, there are a lot more Space Marine players now than there were. <laughs> uh, about six weeks ago, I'm an OG. Um, but the sticky objectives was probably the biggest one. Uh, the reason that the games, the the game three that I played ended how it did, uh, and since then as well, um, in terms of primary scoring, those sticky objectives make such a big difference. That's
1: interesting.
2: Can we just do because a big shout out, out to look. the? Can we do a big shout out sorry, to the Dark Angels player who turned up with like seventeen hundred points because he just. Well, I felt a bit point bad for him. But he he clearly
3: made a list for this tournament to be at 2,000 points and he built it, painted it. And um, I guess when the points dropped and and he realised that he had 1,780 points, he just thought, fuck this, I'm not making <laughs> a single <other> model. <laughs> I'm rolling with what I have. Yeah. I could have
2: taken a few up for him, couldn't I, from you, Matt? What have you got? Yeah. We've got 70
3: terminated now.
2: I'm aiming for a hundred. I should have a hundred by I think end of end of Feb. I'm I'm gonna have a hundred terminators. It's pretty oh, impressive.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So pretty diverse, but as expected, more um space marines. Uh, was there anything standout wise you saw painting? Like, was there any other than orcs that you focused on any sort of? Annoyingly, wow
3: I am going to be really annoying, but um, I want to talk about this really cool uh goths list. So one of the nice touches that, that we had, uh, so we had a standard, I think it was 45 minutes lunch between round one and round two. But if you wanted to be considered for their best painted award, you, you had yeah. to display your your army up on on the kind of top tables and everyone got a vote. And an orc player did win. There was a really nice, um, oh, I can barely say it, but there was some really nice nights. <laughs> um i don't know what they were doing there but they, they were there uh and a chaos demon army and it was actually a brother uh, a couple of brothers that um had this demon army in this goth army and i was talking to them during the break because i, I was looking at it and i didn't recognize that the weird boy looked weird uh, and i said "Oh, well, you know what's what's going on here and they talked me through the, the this army and it was it was a Mephiston body they'd used for this weird boy.
1: Oh, wow. And then they oh, talked me gosh, through army,
3: and all of the models were Blood Angels models. They didn't have them all there. Uh, sorry, when I said Blood Angels models, inspired by the Blood Angels um, color scheme. Yeah. So, for example, their Storm Boys, which they w- weren't in the list, were gold. Um, uh, Sangrenary. Sangrenary like yeah. gold. Um, and the, all of their war bikers Were space marine bikes That had been looted um, So cool. yeah There were some, some really cool touches throughout the list And um, I've got some pictures Actually so I'll put it up on our Discord uh, And that, of was, cool. that was amazing uh, But yeah there were so cool. many really Well painted armies the, the, Actually yeah. the Deathwing army was really nice And a guy mm-hmm. turned up with Deathwatch And everyone was kind of like oh yeah this guy's turned up with Deathwatch Now they're good but it was a proper Death Watch player, and they were painted oh, nice. beautifully.
0: You can always tell that when someone hasn't just sort of bandwagoned, when they've got an army that is fully painted, like to an incredible level. Because Admech, when they were bonkers, suddenly everyone apparently had an Admech army, and then you'd have people turn up without the most sort of OP um, sort of combination. But you'd see their the Laz chickens cuz i cannot remember the real name for them the model would Strainers. be like completely land yeah that's it uh, yeah they would turn up and all of the wiring would be painted washed highlighted and it was like this is clearly a, a love project as opposed to i've yeah. gone to games workshop and bought every single model we we still
1: look at them badly at the mm-hmm. time when we see a admech in front of you but still yeah you would it's have a little of, bit more respect.
0: It sort of overshadowed Drakari almost because big time. Because Drakari, at least people interacted with you in the game.
1: Yeah, there oh, wow, to cool. were too many to kill. There were too many to kill of the of the but they played, but At least
2: they
0: uh, came
1: when and you. played. Yeah. 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 But Whereas then Ad when make, you see when you see six Admec flyers in front yeah. of you, it was like okay, right. So, you, you roll the dice, you go first.
0: Okay, you win. Well done. Shall we go again? And then the tanks here? with ignore line of sight would just shoot you off the board. And it was like, cool. Yeah, it was a bad um, time. It was a yeah, bad so, time. Um, anyway, mostly to help Alex, I've pulled up on Best Coast Pairings, his Element Legends Warhammer 40k one day event, just as we're going to sort of briefly talk through his games. So, you started off by playing a guy called Dan Vassi.
3: <coughs> what was Look, he running? Dan writing? was amazing. Dan was a really nice guy. And Dan was running Kraken, um, and, and Dan wasn't a comp player, uh, and he came with a real mix of basically his favourite models, as he explained it. So he had a he had a few of the of the big things. He had a, a, a Turvagon um, and a Tyrannofex, but he also had Hiveguard as well. He had six two times three Hiveguard with the uh, assault weapon um and shotgun dan rolled to go first uh, but we were playing abandoned sanctuaries and you know it, it was a it was a kind of landslide orc win but it was one where we had a lot of fun as well and if dan i think it could have been different if dan had kept his hive guard alive because these things actually were i think the strength eight ap2 two, flat two damage or, or something like that but um on a four plus to wound, they do a mortal wound in addition. So they were wounding on fives, but they were auto doing mortal wounds on a four.
0: Uh, yeah.
3: Anyway, so he, he actually almost downed a kill rig in, in his, in his first turn. And, and if oh, he get well. him back a little bit, then, um, you know, I, I would have struggled to, um, score as, as highly as I did. Mm-hmm. But, um, he had some fun in turn one. What's the big Oh it's the Maliceptor. It went it yep. went absolutely miles and then it sort of landed into my into my Squig Hog Boys and the Kilrig and the Beast Boss. Um, so he had a lot of fun, but then mm. you know, it didn't it didn't survive for very long after.
0: <laughs> the um, one <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, so I in retaliation I won turn one um, and I still had most of my models on the board. And Gaz went to the middle uh, in abandoned sanctuaries, that's obviously really strong. And he yeah. sat there and the brood lord came and, and played, and, and Gaz killed him. Um, <laughs> and then you know I, I rolled pretty well. Actually, into in game one and game two, I rolled pretty well with my advances almost quick hog boys. But on that long board edge, so it was abandoned sanctuaries game one and Tyler mm. conviction turn two, game two. You know, if you if
2: you're I sorry, the line did, goths. sorry, Alex. Did did Dan not mm. have obliteratorx? Like they have no real way of dealing with gas in that game no. efficiently. Um, okay, there there wasn't anything
3: that could that could cover and and fire okay. with gas.
0: No, cool. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, the neurothrope could do some damage. I mean, they could have plinked him,
2: but it's just doing base damage, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, obviously, if they have a obliteratorx, and they can kind of just yellow a hive tyrant in and hope for the best. Gaz, sort of Gaz
0: actually
3: wasn't Gaz wasn't the hero of the game and he wasn't the hero of the day. He did his job but he, he died um, he didn't die in t- in game one but he died in game two and game three um, but the Beast Boss on Squigasaur was was incredible um, partly because of how he was deployed in all three of the games but he took down uh, he took down the Tyran effects no he took down in the first game, he took down the Hive Tyrant, he took down the Neurothrope and then sat and and scored 12 for behind enemy lines with one of the kill rigs. Um, so there wasn't a lot to say about game one because it was much more about me and Dan having a lot of fun, rolling some dice. We were, we were telling each other all of the gotchas that were in each of our lists. And... Um, once the once the squid hog boys and two of the three Kilrigs, Kilrigs were in his in his deployment zone, it was it was pretty much game. Um, so yeah, not a lot to say on, turn, on game one, but um, I I enjoyed it and did my very best to make sure that Dan did as well.
0: I think that's the main part of even a competitive game at the highest level. Um, we will discuss LVO, but actually being an honest player, an open player about different things you know gotcha moments and stuff like that does make for a better interaction for both people so yeah, no, it's a much- for sure
3: it was you know the, the heroes of the game
0: mm.
3: um, and and part of the reason that I scored so well, even though I'd kind of said to Dan like what you the thing you really need to kill is the gretchen so I've got in <laughs> in my list in my the list for this tournament I had three squads of Gretchen, one of which was obsec. Um oh, sorry, two of which was obsec, because I was running a I was running a battalion and a patrol. Mm. Uh, and the reason I was running a battalion and a patrol, even though it cost me CP, was because I wanted um the squid Hog Boys, so I had three times four squid Hog Boys, but I really rely on Storm Boys to do my actions. Mm. Um, so I, I had two squads of five Storm Boys as well. Which either do behind enemy lines or they do, um, they help with engage or um, retrieve na- uh, Nephilim data. Yeah. Um, so I was saying to Dan, like, you really need to get back here and, and kill the Gretchen because it, it was still in Nephilim, so it was still only three and five uh, per mm-hmm. turn. But, you know, they max good bits and on the um, hold uh, one, hold two mission on the abandoned Sanctuary, because I had so everything so far forwards, the Gretchen just came and sat on those two um, those two no man's lands objectives that that are on either side of the board. Yeah, and nice. you know, max primary, max good bits. Um, so yeah, Dan mm. wasn't able to get Or went to, to plan. plan.
0: <laughs> All went to plan for a ninety-eight forty-two to you. You then had... Six, uh, six, six, no, sorry. The first game was, was 126. 126. Second game was, uh, again, a win for you. Uh, 98 42 was that one versus Craig Dickman, who was running uh, some Death Guard. Hey, Craig's our new friend. Craig, Craig joined up to Discord. He did, yes. One um, of two new friends. Yeah.
3: And, yeah, no, I, again, really enjoyed my time with Craig. I lost mm. to Gretchen and he very very kindly uh, allowed me to use a mcdonald's chip as one of my <laughs> yeah. uh. so we played title conviction um and i i was really struggling actually for a, for a third secondary so i took uh i took good bits on, on title yeah. conviction it's it's a you know nothing's ever guaranteed um but it was a about as nailed on the 15 points on title conviction as you, as you can get, because those two just outside the deployment zone, you know, they're, they're still within, um, the, uh, the L shapes at the time when they're, when they're scoring those.
1: Yeah. Still protected.
3: Yeah. So they sit there and do primary and do, and do good bits. Um, and hang on, give me one set. I think I then took, uh, I think I took Green Tide.
0: Yes. I vaguely remember saying that. Hang on.
3: I took, no, I took behind enemy lines. Oh. Uh, good bits behind enemy lines. But I was really struggling with the third secondary because his death guard list didn't give up max to anything. Um, I, I couldn't guarantee something like and Good. I, th- I actually find that a really difficult secondary to score well on. Um, yeah, so I, I took a assassinate, which which gave up thirteen for the four characters. Um, and this time, Orcs went first, and again on that longboard edge, it was it was a case of um, a couple of really good and charges. So my on Smashers quig rolled a six to advance uh, and hit hit a rhino uh, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I'd put a Laz cannon into it from one of the kill rigs um and the knob managed to with the charge mortal winds um kill the rhino and then i I don't i've only ever used this twice but i then used one cp to do unstoppable momentum so he then charged again into the into the plague marines that came out
0: nice um Um, so that
3: was great but it didn't feel very good at the time whilst i was expecting that that this was going to happen um and and Craig was actually, I mean, he scored a hundred in his first game, and it, and it very much was a case of, I think, I think there were probably ten or twelve players that scored a hundred or near as damn it, uh, oh, right. that then, then played each other in round two. Um, but Death Guards is a really good, really good um, match up for for Goffs.
0: Yeah, a lot of your damage is either already damage one, or is like damage three or above. Which sort of sidesteps a lot of yeah, their you can, sort of resilience. Yeah, I guess you can move block them in, in
1: the deployment mm. zone, putting all the pressure so they can't they can get out of it. So
3: Yeah, the only thing that he managed to do some damage with in his in his turn one was the um, what are they called? The mowers. Is that the plane uh, flight?
0: The um Mephitic flight is the one that's got yeah, the, the Yeah.
3: yeah. So, so they were pretty nasty and actually pretty good in combat as well. But yeah. apart from that, Simone, yes, it, the, one of the things that um, Death Car really struggle with is they kind of have to be on the line, or I, what yeah. I've experienced in deployment is they have to be on the line because they're not quick enough to get yeah. across the board to do what they need to. And they just um, lost ASC, right?
0: Yeah.
3: And, like, yeah. So, So I interrupted... In his turn one, I'd so say in my turn one, I kind of put everything really like close to him. Didn't get a lot of charges off, but at that point, I'm in a really strong position. Is that with that golf pressure? Because one, you've got to deal with all this stuff whilst you know my kill rigs were were tapping uh, two of the six objectives, and the Gretchen were on three of the others, so his choice and everyone's choice is, Oh, do I kill a kill rig? Well, actually, if you do that, then the boys come out. Um, and they're, So you're in a really good position for primary. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, but, but you have to, you have to, as you've experienced with your death wing, Matt, you have to engage them because if you don't, like I, I deny primary so well with that golf pressure list. Mm.
2: And those Kirogs just do everything. Like we said before, they move well, they shoot well for an orc, yeah. they're psychic, they combat. You can't ignore them. But like I say, if you kill them in combat, they've also got the character keyword. So you can just drop the two, three CP, whatever it is, to fight on death because Orcs is never beaten. So they're yeah. a really, really, really good all-round unit, Kirog, and you have to deal with them. You can't, you know, didn't... But like I say, if they're alive in turn three or turn four, the game's yours.
3: Yeah. For sure, you have to kill. You have to deal with the kill rigs first. Um, and actually, the only time, the only times in Nephilim that I lost competitively were against Simone and Matt. And they rolled to go first, and Simone killed two out of the three kill rigs. Two and a half. And, and yeah, <laughs> two and a half. And, and Matt, Matt killed two of them before I had a turn. Um, because it's a bit like I become a bit like a death guard. I then can't get across the board like I need to yeah. if, if you do it. But the point yeah. I was making was that um, Craig Craig got into combat with three or four places, um, and actually, rightly with Armour of Contempt made the made the call that his squad of three Terminators weren't going to be bothered by the Beast Snagger boys that were on the objective. Um, but because of the loss of Armour of Contempt, those AP one choppers like absolutely obliterated those three Terminators.
2: Just wait of dice. Um,
3: so, yeah, I mean, at that point, it was really difficult for Craig, and we talked about it at the end of the game about what he might have done differently. And there, there wasn't a lot. I think the only thing I could give him was take assassinate against my list, because if you're not taking assassinate against, I think it's so it was six or seven characters, seven. If you're not taking it against that golf list. Every one of the characters wants to be next to you apart from the weird boy. Um yep. so if you don't kill the characters, you're gonna lose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. And then you're fine. But I love that. Craig.
3: And actually we've we've still been we've we've been chatting and, and talking about um nice our hobby experiences and really pleased to have him on the Discord.
0: Yeah, nice, no, good. Um we've you've you've brought a few people with you uh recently. And uh, your final game was one of those fabled things that happens ever so rarely in Warhammer, which is a draw. It's, it's actually harder to get one of those than it is anything else. How was your third game?
3: Um, so I had done a bit of research into the players um, that were going and I had to look on at, at ITC and checked out the rankings But I could just also see from this list that this this guy really knew what he was doing. So it was no surprise when I looked that um, Matt, uh, who I played, his Blood Angels, he had the highest ranking in in the ITC in the UK uh, before the tournament. Um, So I knew that that was a list and and a player to watch out for. Um, It was... It was really, really tough, that game. But we, we kind of, I, I talked to Matt before I went. And it was almost written that that was going to be game three for all the marbles. So on, we were on table one. I'd scored 198 over my two games and he'd scored 200. Um, and there were a couple of other players that were that were fairly close, but probably 10 points behind at that point yeah so it felt like you know if one of us got a, a big win, we were going we to take the the prize home, and we'd both come to win. you know I'd, I'd certainly come to place all so that. That was my um, not expectation but hope going into the tournament. Um, and to give you an idea on the list, it was it was brutal. So we had a couple of librarians, um, one with a jump pack and, and one and one just sat there at the back. Doing all of the buffing with Shielders of Sangrinius. Um yep. two Incursor squads and an infiltrator squad uh, that did forward deploy, and two squads of Death Company Marines.
0: Interestingly, not all with Thunderhammers, because that's the traditional way.
3: Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I mean, there are five Thunderhammers. Yeah, no, they have got five, they have got five Thunderhammers <laughs> in that in that squad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it um, was a squad of
3: then, 10. And then on the sanguinary Guard, he, he had three squads of five sanguinary Guard. Mm. All of them had Inferno pistols, yeah. which which really hurt. And I think I'm right in saying that that's, that was new. That, yes. Because that's free yeah. war gear.
0: Yeah, they it's used to cost counts. pounds.
3: <laughs> yeah. So um, they they were they were mixture of power fists and mostly swords, but, but yeah. they
2: all had inferno pistols. Funnily but enough, Tommy's doing the same, isn't he now? Tommy's Tommy's, Tommy's yeah. running Zangard with inferno pistols in the league now. So. <laughs> Did you see that more in the tables?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The difference is in the RTT uh, they are the Blood Angels play at both, best of both worlds. The good secondaries from Nephilim from Blood Angels yeah. and the good. Point cost so it's, it was an ideal situation there it's going so, to be yeah. repeated yeah. in the future yeah.
3: the, just the sticky yeah. objectives though was the one that i wasn't worried about but ended up being the the reason that we did get yeah, a draw the sticking um, point yeah but he also had so he had a sanguinary ancient which um was just kind of there and nine <laughs> plasma inceptors.
0: yeah uh, for it, yeah, got the advantage of those. Just to point out, any unit that could take an inferno pistol had an inferno pistol. Um, they are really good um, as a gun. But why would so, they yeah, exactly. I would do
3: exactly the same. As I could. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, and so sort of ended up with a draw. Um,
3: so yes, it was it was a it was a hard fought game, um, and actually it was the first time that in my hobby experience, in my in my competitive play experience, that. Um, uh TA has been called a couple of times to check on on some rules, yeah. Uh, and I was pleased that we did check on those rules because it, it just meant that we could get on with the game rather than rather than going back and forth. Mm, but good. we both knew that every every little move that we made was was super important, and clearly it, it came down to to everything mattering. Yeah. Um, so eighty, all we drew, and Blood Angel's player went first. Yeah. He did his. He then did his twelve inch pregame move. So, like, wherever I'd have positioned, and I I, well, I think I was too tired, but I was certainly not going to change a habit of a lifetime. So I deployed on the line anyway, yeah, knowing that he could definitely get to me, and I probably couldn't get to him because he was all behind his L-shape or off the board. Um, And his death company hit me turn one, and I he killed 365 points before I had a go. Um, and he then said, "Oh, you know, how do you think that went after his first turn?" And I, I actually haven't played Blood Angels in a in a game in Nephilim, so I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I like doing competitively to other players is pinning them in and, and making them fight in their half, not mine. And he did that to me, so at that point, I was pretty I was pretty worried. Um, but I managed to grind out a draw. Uh, I didn't max get the good bits because. We played Secure Missing Artifacts, and basically all of the objectives were in the middle of the open. There was no cover on them at all. So it was just a bloodbath for for, for five turns. Not much left at the end. Um, And we drew 80. I ended up coming sixth overall, and uh, he came fifth overall. Um, But actually, it, it felt pretty good for me because going second. To not lose from that position that I'd, put, mm. that I'd been put in was, yeah. was probably a bit of a moral victory.
0: Yeah, to start your turn one, nearly a quarter of the army down and bring back a draw is pretty good going.
3: Yeah, no, I, and I'll definitely go again. Um, I, I love the experience of the place and of the people. Um, and actually, it was quite fun to travel and not know anyone because I, mm-hmm. I could just be me and, and, and I did really enjoy meeting and talking to new people as well.
0: Mm. No, excellent. So we're going to head on to the sort of core of the episode and that's sort of looking at mental health and the hobby. Um, So, I mean, one of the main things for me that sort of, I started this hobby as COVID sort of was at its peak really in terms of lockdown. Uh, One of our friends, Luke, got me involved for better or for worse, I guess. Um, And sort of Outside of going to work when I was a teacher, I developed massive, as a lot of people did, social anxiety and the idea of going to things. And even for the last two years, I've cancelled going to things. And sort of for me, Warhammer has been really great um, for that. Um, I still have, like Nottingham GT, I had a panic attack the day before we left. Um, But sort of managed to talk to wife, go through it, but... Yeah, so that, okay. that that's big thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know if uh, sort of my stress levels probably were were happy with it. But yeah, it sort of really helped with that essence of actually getting out and talking to people because uh, much like Pathfinder, which is d d that I do, um it's Warhammer's like the distraction. There's a focus um, as opposed to going and sitting in a pub where it's like you sit down and you have to interact with someone and come up with stuff to talk about. Warhammer <laughs> sort of gives you the framework of stuff mm. to talk about, which yeah. has Definitely really you helped. Um, Question, so do you, do you yeah. know what
3: you were nervous about, or what you had a panic attack about before the not GT, or was it everything?
0: Uh, I think, a bit, of, yeah, a bit of both. I mean, it was, is that, is, there's a just a sense of overwhelming dread. Generally it's, it varies depending on different times. I mean, when you're going to go and play Deathwing, you sort of get that nervousness, but (laughs) it, it was (laughs) like, and this is where I I spoke to a couple of the guys about, actually, I need to know everything that's going on because otherwise I can't rationalize, um, other things that I'll talk about in a bit, but there's catastrophizing. Um, we have, we got to Nottingham. We didn't speak about this, but Tommy, um, thought he had forgotten his army um that caused me massive panic uh, (laughs) because it was like we've driven all this way and he hasn't got his army and he forgot his eye um so (laughs) i I think the main thing for me is is that idea of being in a room with 390 odd people i think one of the things that helped is knowing that i was going to be in a car with people i knew not necessarily like but i know and you know we uh had that drive together which sort of helped me talk about you know the event and everything else so it actually helped me having people there Or either we had a friend we have called henry who traveled up on his own on a train like i would i would not have gone if that was me that that would have been the i just won't go but having that sort of support there to go not that i told anyone really um but that support there to go really helped and i think going to events with people has really helped that sort of thing like I mean, on the other side for you, like going to events where I don't know anyone really panics me um, for that sort of social anxiety. But as soon as you know someone there, it's like there's that grounding, I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I was meant to go to a, in the summer was meant to go to a festival. We didn't go. The wife was happy. Um, she understands no criticism to her, but it's one of those things where, it's just a bit of a blowout, but it's less frequent now, um, and that for me is the Warhammer has sort of helped in that I sense. Yes,
1: it's breaking the breaking the ice, the biggest <laughs> challenge. <laughs> but yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, you the more events you do, and obviously the more you realize that you're all there for the same reason. Mm.
0: Be- yeah,
1: you're all there loving the hobby. So and then breaking the ice get easier. Yeah. As soon as you get into it, it's, I guess the problem is getting to the point
0: yeah. of breaking
1: uh, uh, the yeah. ice.
0: And it, as I said, it's one of those things where I'm not going to sit in a room with 390 people and it'd be like speed dating where I have to come up with a topic. I know at least, worst case scenario, I can talk about the fact that I brought Space Wolves or whatever army. Yeah. So there's there's like a crutch, which I think and you play
1: a game yeah so you're there for a purpose for the next three hours mm. you know what you're gonna do so yeah. it's this aspect is under
0: your control mm. so um so that's yeah, a the, big positive isn't it about, exactly in terms of
3: mental health what gives you that as you called it the framework to start or be part of a conversation mm. that, that you feel comfortable
0: in yeah and you know don't know if anyone has experienced well, out of the other three, obviously I'm sure people in the community that are listening to this have experienced similar and it's sort of nothing to be <laughs> ashamed of, I guess. But I think it's one of those things that actually explaining no. it to people is quite big because they might notice sort of certain things. Um, I get really jittery and I talk at about a billion miles an hour. Um, so if you have you know friends that you know, I don't I do that anyway, Alex, don't, don't look at me like that. But, I think if you have friends that you know or are aware that they sometimes struggle in social situations, if you're going to an event with them, actually sort of talking to them, being supportive could be the really thing helpful. Is,
1: the thing is also looking after the event that you've been, mm. you, you did enjoy the experience. Oh, You massively, did have yeah. nice games. Mm. You did, you did well yeah. as well. No, it matters yeah. much, but you know what I mean? It didn't yeah, affect yeah. too much your performance as a player. So <laughs> it's, getting <laughs> into the, it's, it's getting into the mindset mm, of uh, I'm going to get it through. Mm. And, and, and you know you can do it. So the exactly. hobby at the end of the day is a big help to go through these difficulties instead of, it's just a problem like, well, for example, like the festival is different yep. because you go there, mm-hmm. you, you don't have the same amount of control. There are more vi- vi- variables. Yeah, variables is more, it's more difficult Less to structure, control where yeah. at least, you know, you go there from nine o'clock, you're going to play three
2: hours of a game that you, you play every week. It's definitely screwing down the number of variables because, yeah. I mean, we, we've spoken before, James, and as you know, I'm I'm currently being assessed for dyspraxia and ADHD as well. Um, so I, I'm neurodivergent. I, my brain works differently. And the number of variables, as you're saying, Simone, can sometimes just completely blow my brain. And I just completely shut down as an individual. I just become a gibbering idiot that stands there. like I have no idea how to respond to this and I get the same as you James like going to big events for me is a lot of energy leading up to it and Alex Alex knows as well because there have been times when I've lost the game or something and for me the whole thing just spirals and I I just don't want to go to the event anymore I need someone like Alex is really good for just saying to me mate just you know come on let's let's do it um but yeah just just having getting over that energy is the energy that you need to invest into and it sounds it sounds sort of city sometimes that I love playing 40k it's one of the like it is my favorite hobby but meeting someone new and going through that whole thing of hi I'm Matt go through army list and stuff the first minute or so of that interaction for me I find really difficult but then as Simone's saying that the variables are cut down and you're going to autopilot this is my army this is what it does what have you got oh cool cool you've got that I like that model and then you start rolling dice so yeah, it's definitely yeah. it definitely helps having that window of variables limited down to repeated experiences. And once it's a repeated experience, yeah. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also I guess even from the your
1: opponent point of view, um in most cases you can tell straight away that your your opponent is a is a bit nervous for whatever reason. You don't know why because you never met this person, but you can tell that someone is, um, he can be nervous. It did happen to me during event or even practice game at the local shop. So straight away, from my point of view, as soon as I see my opponent being very nervous, I always, th- there is always some topic that you can talk about, that, which is re- 40K related. So you start asking, uh, you, c- you can compliment the army. I can say that model is really well painted, or even if it's not, but there is always an effort that you can appreciate mm-hmm. in this hobby. And uh, overall, the community, in my opinion, is is quite nice. And oh, yeah. it, it, you can tell it's good. For example, my very first event, um, first time playing a game uh, out of COVID as well, and my opponent did I I'm pretty sure he, he he did see that I was quite nervous. So he started talking about my Blood Angels at the time I was playing Blood Angels, he was playing Sister, etc. And then that's it. We broke the ice, it was all fine, and you forget that you are in a room with sixty, eighty people, how many there were. Yeah. So and the community I did find is very positive about it. So having mental health or uh diversity, etc. This community, for the experience I had, is a good place to be. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever experienced anything negative or positive about it.
2: That's the thing for me and why I keep going back, because I've I've it's amazing. I've had really positive
3: experiences.
2: I mean I've had one or two games where they haven't been as positive um, but it's normally, it's not normally because it's confrontational. It's normally just because sort of my headspace gets tilted. And one of one of the things about my neurodivergence is that I am quite an emotional person. Sometimes um, I try and not be. I, I, I often come across quite cut off because I know I I can't regulate my emotion, so I have to try and cut it off occasionally. Um, and I think the first time people play me, they might think that I'm a bit detached from the game. Um, but it's only because if my emotions start running, I find it really hard to rein that back in again. Um, Yeah. But I've I've only ever had positive experiences in general. And after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes of meeting someone at an event and playing, starting to play a game of 40 K, it's strange how quickly you become mates over the table really quickly. And I often find myself yeah. running around the the hall at the end of the day, trying to find out how. Oh, how, how did like Michael get on? How did Liam get on? How did mm-hmm. how you're doing? Like, what's going on? I find that yeah. side of it really positive because they want to know as well. Like, they're they're all approachable.
0: It has been really good from that side. I yeah, I think as you've said, Simone, is that ice break the whole like small talk for me going and getting my hair cut? I think is one of the most traumatic experiences I ever do. For I that, go to the barber. I'm not oh. joking. I have
2: my hair cut this week, but my wife has to do it. I cannot. That, that interaction for me, I cannot do it. I've, I've tried so many times to get my hair cut, a barber, and I I absolutely
0: hate it. I have, for the Man, last...
3: We can tell that your wife's been doing it. I oh, know, I know, mate. Trust me, but I cannot do I'll it. I
0: cannot do that the interaction. Last 20 years our two haircuts, one of which I had to get because we were going to a wife's friend's wedding and I had to get it done. Um, I have had the same two people, one of two people cut my hair at the same place. I, used- I didn't live in Folkestone. I used to travel back to Folkestone to get my hair cut because they know I don't want small talk. They will just let me sit. Um, however, because, however, Matt, you
1: went, however, you went to a 400 players yeah. event. Yeah, <laughs> with some concern, with some concern, mm-hmm. but you got it through, and you yeah. play all your games, and, uh, and th- there you are again. So that mm-hmm. that's the beauty of having um, a community that is supportive, can mm-hmm. support you, you, can is welcoming. There is always the five percent they around, but that's everywhere in the world that the percentage gets even in worse every in other hobby, places. Yeah, mm-hmm. in every place, yeah, it, gets, it gets even worse. The percent, it gets much higher in other places. So I consider yeah. this community great. Yeah, um, oh. I started going to event that didn't know anyone. I mean, mm. I I got zero friends that, that plays this hobby. So and straight away I wanted to do events. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, it personally, did I've personally found to be honest that it's less than five percent of the hobby in person. I found that, you know, much like anything, most of the negative negativity I've seen has been online. Like there's there's yes, a lot of positivity definitely. online. But there's a you know, like people will post mm. a picture up and on the whole, people will be really positive about it. I mean, there's a lot of stunning paint oh. jobs that people post. But on the whole, but you, mean social, you yeah, mean social media, you mean social media, no
1: online as in tabletop
0: simulation? No, 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 you mean social media. That's okay. a whole nother kettle of fish, uh, uh yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, online, I think there's more ferocity, and again, I think that yeah. comes from the whole I'm looking at a screen and I can't see you, and I think what, what I'm typing is lovely, but it's not,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like everything. I mean, look at the at the comments on the BBC post, BBC oh, News God. post, yeah. or stuff like that, you know. These people always existed, mm. but before they might go down the pub, say the same stupid things, and the people around there would just say, oh, shut up. Yeah. And they would shut up. When now with social media, there is no one saying, shut up. Or if they say it, it's just another comment, so just mm. continue. And that's why it gets echoed. And, uh, it gets bigger than what it should be. Mm. I, mean, uh, the, I believe that the, the, the social media is great mm. because thanks to the social media, we know what what's going on.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm talking about hobby-wise in Australia, mm. in the US, whatever, where when I was a kid, I didn't have any of this. So <laughs> Even just looking for a painting tutorial or something like that was basically impossible. So that is great. But obviously it brings, it Mm. carries all the negativity
0: sometimes. Mm. But it looks it's getting better, Mm. especially since I started. Our Discord so far, wonderful, positive Mm. community. Everyone is really accommodating, helpful. And I think, you know, there are other ones, like you have been part of the Vanguard Tactics Discord and as you've said that's a really positive space and i think it's all about the management of it that helps yeah, exactly
1: i was i was um, just about to say that i my experience has been quite positive very positive because i always selected the place where i go to say or read or, or to read or say my own thing yeah. and that's why when you mentioned tts yeah, uh, I, You didn't mention TTS, but you mentioned the online I was thinking of TTS. Mm, yeah, I of never course. have a bad experience because the people that play on TTS are the people that play in real life. Or they come from a positive community, mm-hmm. like our Discord or Vanguard Tactics at the time. So, like everything you have to feel. So, for example, I don't really read Reddit because I know rabbit 90% is just negativity. I know mm-hmm. trolling is fun and reading crap is fun, but I don't do it because I don't want to get that crap all around me. And no. so, yeah, it's all about selecting mm-hmm. the people you are around. But about in real person event, I had very low percentage of bad
0: experiences. And- yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's trying to, in terms of mental health, yeah. If you are engaging in Reddit, disc, not so much Discord, I've found. I haven't really had on any sort of forum. I haven't really had anything negative on Discord for me. But like Reddit and Facebook particularly and Twitter is just insane. Um, anything like that is sort of taking it with a pinch of salt, I think. Um, how, no yeah. Isaac, how easy is that? Yeah.
1: Exactly. How easy is that? Yeah.
2: For, for no, me, it's not. very hard. Almost yeah. impossible <laughs> I, I, if, if I find myself getting engaged in confrontation argument difference of opinion or something, I have to put it down and walk away because as i said i i sometimes if I get into that emotional space where it becomes an emotional and emotive argument it i I find it very hard to stop, so I have to self regulate just walk away, and remember that you're probably never going to see this person in in life sort of thing um so you might have the best intention in the world but at the end of the day you're just creating confrontation the sake of confrontation and sometimes you just need to walk away from it and that's hard for me to do Um, when do you when do you draw the line i I, i've beforehand i struggled to draw the line and i would be the person arguing from blue in the face now i realize the very early know where it goes and i just draw the line and walk away quite quickly um, because there's no good that will come out of it no one is going to leave that experience in a positive attitude and you're never going to get agreement with the other person Um, and also the other the other thing in my mind is that person might also have neurodiversity like me and so you've just got two people that aren't sort of neurotypical and at that point neither of you want to back down because your brains aren't wired that way to back down so me doing it early also helps or might be helping another fellow brain sort of thing um, because if you get locked into that spiral and you're emotive it's very hard to step away from it I yeah. find anyway yeah. you need to be
1: mature it? enough I guess I think, uh... in a way to, to, to self-discipline yourself in that way I mean
2: it, it is maturity, but I think also, it's as I said, it's just understanding that your brain latches onto an idea and you end up hyper-focusing on it. Okay. And also, it, it kind of ruins the rest of my day because rather than being productive in other things, my brain will be running that argument over and over and over again. And it, I can't switch okay. my attention off of it. I can't get my focus away from it. It might be something stupid like you know arguing over a stat profile or something. But my brain will fixate on that until it's resolved. Yeah. So I need to stop before I get to that point. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's yeah, I, really my maturity hard. wasn't the right word. I mean, no, it's no, no, more no, it's fine. It's exper- fine. It, experience, it is maturity experience. It is, it's understanding that that's where I'll go to. But it's kind of realizing that, yeah, it, it's a fixation that you have. And once you get into that hyper-focus mode, it's really hard.
0: Alex, you had something you wanted to pipe in?
2: Yeah, I just did that um... I I've
3: tried over the last probably four or five years to steer clear of social media. Um, Brexit was probably the thing that that broke me around Twitter. <laughs> I really enjoyed Twitter, but mm. I realised when I I'd, I'd come, we'd gone on holiday. We'd paid for an all-inclusive holiday with our two children, um, and I was sat on a on a sun lounger in Corfu. My nice. my two young children were playing in the swimming pool and I was looking at Twitter and I had a, a moment of clarity and I I deleted all, all social media. Um and I I definitely have an addictive personality and, and it's one that, that's that spans lots of different parts of my life and it's something I, I actually have to work on all the time. So you start um, whether playing whether more that be, whether that be drink or gambling or whatever. In fact, the only thing, I, the only vice I, I don't have is is smoking, um, and I hadn't realised actually until I came into the hobby, just how much of, of your of your brain it takes up. Um, but it, it takes up my physical time, but my thinking time as well. And I actually think that all of the all of the parts of the hobby we've talked about up until this this point around social anxiety and being a way for people that wouldn't necessarily Think about going out and doing lots of social stuff, um, but it it, give, it gives you that platform, it gives everyone that platform. So I I are on the side that that Warhammer, on balance, is really good from a mental health point of view, um, but it it definitely takes time out of my out of my day, out of my family life, out of my work, and it's not whilst I'm doing Warhammer, it's whilst I'm thinking about Warhammer as well. <laughs>
0: Or it can mainly, be
3: awesome. mainly what I'm thinking about And yeah. it might be When's the data slate dropping And everyone's literally like refreshing Whatever thing they need to refresh Waiting for it Or we've got an amazing group And actually a really supportive group Like you know Team Hivemind And and everyone in and around it Is amazing and I'm really grateful For over the last 14-15 months picking up A load of really cool new friends and and you know, I wish I'd sort of started 10 years ago uh, in that sense, but we talk a lot. We talk too much. There's always someone that's thinking about Warhammer and then spurring everyone else on to talk about it or think about it as well. And that's where I, I need to become a little bit more self-disciplined. I think.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're totally right in terms of there is that potential for an addiction. Again, similar sort of things as you did, where you sort of started off with the uh, 4,000 points of Orcs very quickly. Um, I came back into the hobby. I sold out Magic the Gathering and went, cool, now I'm just going to buy a load of Warhammer to replace this stuff that I sold. Mm-hmm. Crap. Um, and I've- I sold my PlayStation to buy mine. My- <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, my... My Magic the Gathering collection was quite gross. Uh, (laughs) We won't go into it. Um, But it's one of those things where I've started now, much like Matt has done a bit of a purge, I've sort of started to think, actually, I don't need all this. Like, okay, let's start paring back, because much like Alex, I do have a tendency to, at two in the morning, I'll be replying to people that have messaged me like, cause we have again, quite a few different people. And for some reason, a million chats and a discord, but you know, we keep trying to kill the chat, but it, it still exists. And I will keep replying. And again, much like Matt, I'm under referral for a, a few things. And so I, I, it's, I have to mute chats, but even then I was still, and it is that addiction, um, which I think is probably the worst part for me. Of, I've gone from one hyper focus to another, um, so I think it's something I need to work on in terms of just actually mean hit, isn't it? ensuring it's positive. Yeah, you're just that dopamine. Um,
2: but coming back to your point so earlier yeah. on about, about buying stuff, yeah, it's the impulse buying, and that's why I've gone back to just I'm just a Dark Angels player now because it limits down my scope for impulse buying. Whereas, yeah. otherwise, I'm. Terrible for chasing the metro or something, as Elliot mm-hmm. and yeah. Jake will tell everybody. But
1: yeah, see, that's when I kind of discovered it straight away when I came back to the hobby. Because when I was a teenager, I was playing Warhammer Fantasy. I didn't have the much money. money to buy all the Warhammer <laughs> or credit cards. Or, or, Yeah, or credit cards. Yeah. You know, not or as or would Say do. no, exactly. <laughs> so, and back then, I remember I was playing I Elves. But then straight away, I wanted to start playing uh, Dark Elves. And then I wanted to play Lizardman. So I ended up with chunks of small armies and never really enjoy. And then start prox- proxying like hell with, I don't know, a tin of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, Coca-Cola for my chariot of I elves crap like <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. She so, says
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a conversion, that trick. <laughs> so, when I came back to the hobby, I was like, okay, I want to be determined, just play one army, at least for the first year. And I've been self disciplined enough to do so. Having said that, I remember spending far too much money on scouts, for Space Marine <laughs> Scouts, because in eight edition, Blood Angels, they, we have like, I don't know eight unit of scouts mm-hmm. and they were like a uh, fifteen pounds on eBay each and now they are just dusting and <laughs> they are worthless. So but after I accept that experience that I would have been quite self disciplined mm-hmm. about it. And that that's quite a I can I can I get it. I get it. It's very difficult just to stick to one thing. So you see yeah. the new model on pre order and you just buy it mm-hmm. and even for the sake of painting it. Right. Yeah, and there's has been a
3: one beat of stuff, isn't there? Every every week there's something new that's coming out and that's part of the excitement of it. Yes. Um and it's part of the genius. You know, there's a lot of people that argue that Games Workshop don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I think they're geniuses. And we all we all love it. But there's yeah. definitely yeah. A, a cautionary tale that everyone could, could tell.
1: But I do get the the other addiction or the impulsive buying. I'm very addicted to it. In the last two or uh, three years now, this month is my third anniversary coming back to Warhammer. I've just been listening to podcasts in the train when yeah. I commute, Warhammer podcasts. Or when I paint in the evening, I paint almost every evening I used to. Or if I don't paint, I, uh, I play a game, whatever if it's on TTS or in real life. Uh, yeah, all, all of these, every spare time there is no family um, or it's work is Warhammer. Mm.
0: That's it. But without this hyper-focus to put a weird positive spin on it, we wouldn't have dice, we wouldn't have objective markers that are Team Hive mind. we wouldn't have t-shirts, and we wouldn't have an event. So um, something weirdly good has come out of it that's built this lovely community of team. Um, but yeah, it's sort of has sort of sprung up as a result
3: and a place to talk about how how we all feel from time to time mm-hmm. like like this yeah. it's a really good forum to yeah to share some of those more lonely thoughts because you know uh, actually you know we're all fortunate that we aren't that we have access to money and to enough money to do hobby as well mm. but um, yeah. I'm sure we've all had those low points from time to time. you think why that oh, about thirty, 30 yeah. commandos? And not, not,
1: only, <laughs> yeah. not only that is, in a way, I do believe it's a good addiction to have uh, in the sense that, know, I mean, before, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely, but also compared to other games of hobby, before Warhammer, I used to play PlayStation most evening. So working eight hours plus in front of a screen, and then I stop spend time with family, everyone goes to sleep with small kids. Yeah. And then again, I'm in front of a screen playing PlayStation. Yeah. So I, my day, it was like 90 80% in front of a screen. When now, except obviously then COVID hit and tabletop simulator was the only way to play Warhammer. So again, mm-hmm. I was in front of a screen. But except for that weird <laughs> exception, uh, I was painting models. So I was away from a screen. Yeah. So it's a sort of escapism. Or to talking to people. people. Or talking to yeah. people.
0: Yeah, so
1: it's a good it's addiction in a way. It's hmm. a good hobby to have.
0: It's a good social one because, I mean, unless you're playing with friends on PlayStation, you might be playing alone or with crazy people that are online shouting obscenities for three hours <laughs> on Call of yeah. Duty. Um, I, c- I can't play online games anymore as a result. I can't, I can't do it because it really... really Triggers me. Um, <laughs> uh, when I yeah.
3: when I came to the barman club, just drop my pen. Sorry, <laughs> was in um, the battle worker. When okay, I came to the barman club last October, I it was the first time I've done something new and social for myself as an adult, and I was like I was like a, a kid at their first day of reception class at primary school just so nervous to meet not not nervous like i i i was nervous but i was doing something wrong or that Mm. i was scared but just that like new people nerves and like really wanting to fit in but also meet a good group of people Mm. Um, now i've got you know i used to have like three friends really close really good friends and i love them to bits but it's so nice to be able to have a another group where we can either talk on a platform like this or just amongst ourselves
0: and, and play games. I, th- I think the... Because, again, bar- the Balming club where we played nearly died as a result of COVID um, because people stopped turning up, not that buildings can get viruses. Um, but now, because of the, you know the work that Matt's done with the league and sort of actually the team and everything else, like even where the league wasn't on, there was still lots of people coming down to play Warhammer, to be social, and there is compared to when I first started coming down, there's a real like vibe. It's there's not like an empty hall where it's just me playing Matt or like Jake possibly or maybe Elliot. There's now like loads of people, you have a good chat and everything. Yeah. And it's a whole seems what the obvious
3: thing that's changed in that year has been that there's more people when i was when i first arrived in november last year there might be two tables of 40k that were going and now there's seven eight nine depending on the night and it gives such a good atmosphere and everyone wants to be there and that's one of the that's the obvious thing that's changed but actually the, the more important thing and it's the thing that the discord's done and the league's done is that we're not playing in, in cliques. Was it no, cliques or It's a clicks? community now, isn't it? it? It's now yeah. a real community. Now who fancies
2: a game? And you've got a pool yeah. of, what, 25 people that, <laughs> yeah. that might want a game? It's a well, the league has 20. Yeah. The league has 20 now. And because it's randomised through BCP, you, you won't have your clique. It will be broken up. You will yeah. play. Everyone gets to they mingle. And everyone gets to no.
0: enjoy it. The cliques don't, don't exist anymore. Yeah. No, It used to be you'd try and find a game at Balming, And it would be Tumbleweed because either the other two, three people had (laughs) got games or they were away that week. Now it's like you go, does anyone want a game next week? And you're having to then apologize that you've already booked one. Uh, (laughs) I'm really sorry, but I'll play you the week after next or whatever. So I think that's been something that has come really positive out of the hobby for me. Um, Another thing that I found is really positive. Yeah, carry on, sorry is um, because I used to struggle, I'd find I'd lose games at events, at sort of, you know, even club level, just casual games, because I get a bit hyper-focused in the game because, you know, uh, (laughs) my mental state. And I'd forget what I was doing. So I'd be like, yeah, I've tabled them. Yeah, but you lost by 20 points. Yeah, but they're tabled. Um, And I found the app, uh, particularly the new Goonhammer, one that has sort of finally been released from beta, tabletop helps battles, me keep yeah. track of the game. Yeah. Uh, tabletop Battles, thank you. um Helps me keep track of the game where I'm, I remember that I'm doing behind enemy lines or I remember I'm doing, you know, grind them down. And it means that actually I can offload a bit of that cognitive load so that it's not me trying to keep everything in my head because that will never work, even though I try and do it. And so I can always refer back to it. I, I'm absolutely shit at taking pictures. Utterly awful. And I'm getting better because the app tells me to do it. Brilliant. The only reason. <laughs> and that That's really good. helps with my mental I'm the
2: same. I'm, I'm someone, I am a big advocate of anything. If you have neurodiversity, anything that you can offload that cognitive processing to, I find it so helpful. I, I prefer playing on a clock. Because, again, it's one thing my brain hasn't got to think about. My brain can just look at the clock, tap it, and something else is doing my timekeeping. Because one of the things that I struggle with is is timekeeping. As everyone who's turned up to the club, bang on, quarter past seven, waiting for me to turn up, knows I won't be there at quarter past seven. I really struggle with that. So having something else that's doing that just lets my brain focus on something, on, on playing the game, or else... It overwhelms me so quickly. I'm, I'm trying to think of everything and have a battle plan. And this unit's doing that, and this is going to be doing that. And then by the time I thought about what the third unit's going to be doing, I've forgotten the first one again. So having having the ITC battles app, it's got all my secondaries listed, all my opponent's secondaries. You can click it as well, and it will tell you what that is, how they achieve it, or what they're doing. It just takes all that processing power away from my brain. That's my brain just to streamline it a little bit instead of becoming overwhelmed and having That's- a fog descend so yeah that's
1: really good i I, I like the idea that kind of in a way knowing your limit you know how to act and react to them does does it affect um your list building as well in a way do you try to to have more less unit around for example to
2: control tend to i play better when i've got less profiles to think about or if I've played the list so many times, I know all the profiles. Um, if it's something new again, that that stresses me quite a lot. And I am sort of half of my brain is constantly just thinking, is it 16 inch movement? Is it 18 inch movement? Is it a 32 inch gun? Is it a 36 inch gun? Is it, it, it kind of, it really messes. Or you're constantly looking at Wahapedia and it just, I said, if, if I look on Wahapedia, I'll come back to the game and then. What did I need that thing for? Whilst was I looking on Wikipedia? Yeah. I know that's now 36 <laughs> inches, but what was that What was that relevant to? Why, mm. why did I need that to be 36? And it's all just gone. I, I, it's or just I get so distracted. hard. That short term's gone.
0: Yeah. You look at but Wikipedia do you do and you scroll down and you see the strap that Uni can do and you go, oh, that's really cool. And then <laughs> the fact you're playing the game gets forgotten. I found Dracaria was really bad for that for me, where right. it's 127-odd models. I pivoted to Knight's. And all my stress was gone because there's seven models. I know <laughs> it's a they're change. not real with 40k. But and like two, it two made, profiles. It, it meant I went home without burnout after events. Yeah. Whereas Drakari, for that me, I chance. loved playing them. They're so much fun. Um, yeah. Post-oppressive originality. But there was so much fun to play. But I'd get home and I wouldn't be able to function the next day.
1: But would you, would you change your list unintentionally or intentionally in order to suit your needs better?
0: I, again, for me, a lot of where I've finally gone for a referral um, is like more awareness of myself. Uh, there's a lot of But you things... don't think
1: I need to slim it down. That's what I mean. You, it might maybe be something you just going do it forward, I
0: consider, but... At the time, I sort of wanted to do well, and I'd create a list I thought would do well. Whether subconsciously, I made different things, but again, I partly I was a teacher, and I attributed a lot of what I did and how I felt and everything to it being a stressful job. And it's been a realization that actually, yeah. oh, it's not just teaching. Um, afterwards, for me,
2: I think it's Sorry a really now. good point, Simone, because because i i have done that subconsciously but it's helped my play so much more because i, I play deathwing I, I love playing my deathwing army um and obviously yeah. it's all one profile it's all terminator it's even quite transhuman to make it even easier like it, it's just a four plus to win me it doesn't matter it's even easier in terminators but it lets me deal with the micro situations of combat movement of okay i've got the extra stuff because i haven't got to worry about well if i put this unit in i get wounded on twos but i've got a four up save if i put this unit in, i get wounded on fives but it's a two up save then yeah. my brain just goes into a, a spiral of well what one's better because one's got to be better whereas you're right I, I, I prefer playing and i haven't really thought about it until you just mentioned it then but i prefer playing a list where the profiles are streamlined down and simplified because again, I, I, can, I can worry more about what I want to do in the game rather than what I want to do and what is the yeah. actual best way of doing it because um, that's,
1: that's something that they affect me when I change, I started a new army, when I started playing Sisters uh, you look at the codex and you want all the toys and uh, you see all these stratagems and I want to play them all most of them are situational. And then I have a game, I forgot about the stratagem, I get stressed about it, and mm. just thinking the following game, or I need to remember that I can auto-wound on a six because of that stratagem or whatever. So the way that I approach it is, I sell, I, I choose the least amount of unit. So a lot of repentia, lots of retributor, everything else is the least, you know? <laughs> and then... When i start a new army i have always a cheat sheet with all the strategy but only the one that i can apply to this unit not all the strategy and they're all divided per face per so every time i start a new army i'm doing it now with with knights i got my a4 paper with all the strategy that i can use the only one that i can use and that's it so i i simplified as much as i can uh, the army I got in front of me, so the knight's list I'm playing at the moment is a Raven household. I don't want I didn't even read the Free Blades um, rules because it's too much <laughs> to take on. So, and that's why I'm playing Raven. And when I get confident with that, I might start reading the Free Blades, even though they are the most competitive at the moment. It doesn't matter. It, so, th- that's why I was interested to see. Uh, how would you approach the list building, but also the use of the extra tool? In your case, the the app for me is my cheat sheet, etc. Mm. So, but I think how the brain yeah.
3: works. You know. you know, yeah, that's that's just really. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I I was thinking to myself whilst you were talking, Simone, about asking you, is that is that mental health or is that just good competitive play? And actually, I think the two. Go hand in hand and, and, and merge at some point because you yeah. want to be in control to know that you know what you're doing and not taking on too much.
2: Um, yeah. It's interesting for me because I know I rib you, Alex, for how orcs are, you know, there's, there's one plan and that's it. I've been thinking and about bringing this up, actually. It's AR. Just push go. But, but your list, actually, would, I I would struggle to play your list because mm-hmm. there's so many moving parts on different profiles doing different things at the same time whereas even my iron wing list it's thunderstrike times three redemptor times three multi-melter attack bikes times six telemaster times same two. Quite go play not it go go play just it's simplified down to the least well, number of yeah, profiles yeah. which when yeah. you've taken
3: the mickey at me for having one button and that's a go button you've got it's no two buttons. profiles you just sit there and do nothing,
2: yeah yeah, but as i said for, for me it's it's kind of like <laughs> there's, there's I'm going to defend this because you have to I, I also find that when you 've got less stuff, you have to make it do more, and if like I was trying to say to you because you said you want to run my death thing the later half this year when i 'm probably not be playing as much,
3: um, I really want to play that,
2: yeah, <laughs> but I was saying to you like how having a storm shielding cover or having a lightning chlorine cover makes a lot of difference, and how you pull. Especially in no AOC world, how you pull those models makes a difference. Mm. But for me, it's just chuck storm shields in cover, and you know you try and pull them when the right time comes. And I've had to—I've had a long, long journey about two years learning when the best time to pull a storm shield mm. is compared to when yeah. to pull a non-storm shield. <laughs> but but your list is why you're top
3: ten. Dark Angels player, and it's Global. not mental health, it's just good competitive play, but yeah. there are lots of different ways that they, they come in. But yeah. I think but your list, important for both your mental health
2: would, and for Your would fry my brain. Game. Your list would absolutely fry my brain. Yeah. There's no way I could play your list and not sleep for a month after it, after one game of so it.
0: There's prepared, just so folks. much going on. Your list would be, for me, would be like going back to Jakari. Even for me, like on reflection, I've been sat here thinking about it, and I've got three units of Thunderwolf, three units of Wolf, and I did have two units of Inceptors. But even with Knights, when I was running Raven, I enjoyed Knights a lot more. I intended to do better. I then tried the Armager Spam, and there were a lot more layers of, this one's got this ability, this has got this ability. I found that I made more mistakes in games um, as a result. So quite possibly, actually, the more successful lists I do are more streamlined. And yeah. I think one of the other things I found helped was, again, Matt, for his cognitive load, created a cheat sheet that had um, sort of like the different profiles of the units, the different CP strats you could do in which phase, Um sort of like simplified. And then we got a bit carried away and we did the, when we were going to events, we did a generic what you're going to face one as well. At one point where we had all the, all the different meta lists, we stopped doing that. It was too much, too time consuming, a bit addictive one might say. Mm. And so for me, I have that for space walls. I have a strat list because otherwise I will play the, I can't remember what it's called. This is the other problem. The plus one to room strat. Yeah,
1: that's
3: all yeah, that's why I call my strat as well. Yeah. I don't have a um, Well, in that case, you should play orcs because you either interrupt or you fight on death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just run for... See, I wouldn't even remember. I'd be, like, having to look. Because I know, it is it core and character that get advanced and charge?
3: Yeah, but you can build a list like I did that everything is core <laughs> or character.
0: See, but I then have to check that because there's so many profiles. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, like, but, one but second. I'm-
3: I'd be really interested to hear from people that, that are listening how mm. will they either cope or 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 provide themselves cheat sheets or handy tools that that maybe we could share as a community. Mm. And yeah. like, like Matt, Matt's cheat sheet, for example, was I really to to people. Yeah. So perhaps someone someone that is listening has got a handy tool that that they could share with, with the group either on Discord or with us, and we yeah.
0: can do it. And you might That'd not even realised, you know, that you have something, but, yeah, either come join us on the Discord and share it or send it to the email address, and sort of it would be really nice to create a collection of things. Um, is there anything else that sort of people have found as an experience? I don't know. Again, Simone, you sort of started talking about how you found playing against people where you've noticed, you know, social anxiety. Is there anything... Either so, particularly Alex and Simone, you've noticed.
1: Yeah, so in local club, let's say I keep it as generic as possible. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a young lads that I don't know for sure but he's got he's on a spectrum or something. And sometimes it's been isolated a little bit. People don't wanna play him which is not great. No. Uh, he doesn't help himself, unfortunately, in forcing rules or making up rules or pushing the boundary in that rules-wise, not from a social aspect, just rules-wise. Let's say my model can explode uh, automatically, and all three explode automatically, and they cause or oh, is T six damage. And, and you know, if you are an experienced player, you know when a rule is kind of forced or not, because they are all pretty much the same the rules in these games. If you got enough experience to know them, so ended up that basically he always play with his buddy or couple of buddies. And uh, we, when we started a small event, he always turned up. And uh, what we do is um, he's always welcome to come to our event. We never excluded him. The only thing that we do, we have a chat. And uh, in this chat, we say uh, that basically he's very welcome to come. Just know that everyone here knows the rules. And um, and he accepted. As soon as you have a frank open chat, it doesn't force the rules. It doesn't even when you he gets stressed because he starts losing the game, etc. Because there's been a nice open chat before the game, the game goes much more smoother, and um, which is I guess is the, is the key. Uh, being open and uh, overcome any any possibility of distress, etc., did help him as a player, as a person, to interact with other players, and also help the other person to play against with him, not against him with him. So that that's some an, that's another uh, suggestion that I would I would like to to throw nice. and <laughs> to say. Yeah. Because Again. it's, it's yeah. difficult. It's mm-hmm. much easier just to shut the door sometimes yeah. and say, let's not play with him or her. And um, where actually there are ways to make people feel welcome and mm-hmm. overcome these uh, possible disruption and bad experiences yeah. the game. So and sorry, it was cool. a little bit winded, By I, I tried to wait as, <laughs> as much as I could every single mm-hmm. word, but... <laughs>
0: no 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 it's good i think again it leads back to what alex was saying about his rtt experience where you know if you're explaining to opponents you know the gotcha moments or interactions that they need to be aware of it is creating a much better feeling environment yeah i think it is all uh, like the whole of warhammer should actually be that sort of Feeling, and that's what we strive for with the league and with our events is that actually everyone is included, no one's left behind, as it were, and actually it's good, honest, fun play. Yeah. Um,
3: and in our yeah. hobby, that's that's very true, isn't it? It takes all mm. comers, Warhammer. Yeah. I've experienced that more in the last year than I certainly thought I was going to, but it, it's mm. everything for the mainstream, um, and the competitive to. Whether it be the neurodiverse or learning difficulties or special needs, and I'm sure I've got some of those re- those words wrong, but it really is a hobby that that you can in in an hour in in the conversation in 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 one room encounter lots of different types of people. Mm. Um, exactly. All I would say at this point is that I think you know ne- neurodiversity is is very real, and, and mental health is is you know. Uh, a, a great conversation to have and something that we should celebrate rather than try and hide and i think this conversation has been a, a really good way for me to learn more about people in this in this group of four let alone think more about the hobby as, as a wider thing and that should be celebrated but but you know when you go to when you go to a warhammer, warhammer tournament or go to your local club Think whether you're experience, whether you as a person are neurodiverse or not, or have learning difficulties or don't. Everyone there is thinking. Um, it, everyone there is having their own experience, and I don't mean this rudely, but to, in fact, I mean it positively. But to everyone else, you're just someone else, and whilst you're thinking about your your nervousness or your you know, your social anxiety or you're not quite sure what to say, that other person's almost certainly going through exactly the same thing at the same time. Um, And so if we can just help each other and bring each other up, that can only be a good thing. But my final thing on mental health is that there are lots of pros and lots of cons about Warhammer, but it's definitely on balance a power for good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And one last thing is there is... Not, not as much recently, probably. there always been a stigma on the uh, competitive scene mm. about winning at all cost, players, etc., taking advantage of the others. Yeah. There might be some, but the percentage is very, very, mm. very low. Every event I've been in the last couple of years, I had my bad experiences, but in balance, the good experiences are much, much more. Yeah. And... Uh, so if you're nervous to go to an event, don't be. Because yeah. probably it's the best place where you're going to play good Warhammer. Better I think than the, yeah. <laughs> probably and, the, yeah. the local shop that you can find a random player that yeah. plays once in a while and you might have a bad experience or maybe not. I mean, but definitely the event is a good
0: place. But I think, yeah, if you go along with realistic expectations, with Space Wolves, didn't expect to win Nottingham yeah um but I think it's one of those ones where actually you're getting to play people <laughs> at a competitive level, yeah which is great, and so if you're worried about losing, you might get to play one of the top players, and actually you'll probably go away having learnt something about the game as well um, so that was good, good. But yeah um yeah
2: I think I think just to follow up on from that, I think, as I said, going to a big event, you know you be in your own headspace, you get the anxiety. I have dyspraxia. I will knock terrain over. It's not intentional. I'm just clumsy because I have dyspraxia and I can't control that. My limbs don't feel right. But I think the best way to kind of, it works in my head, is it's like when you're getting married and you've got to do your groom's speech. Everyone in that room is pulling for you. And everyone in that room wants to support you. And like, they're not going to let you win games, obviously not. But everyone, everyone that I've met at Warhammer is pulling for the hobby to be the best hobby it can be. And I think that's where my mm-hmm. head goes to sometimes. There's no one, no one goes to a 40k event to, to be intentionally disruptive and intentionally try and pull you down. It might happen in a game if it goes a bit south and a bit tilted. But on the whole, everyone at a big event wants to go there and have a good time. And, you know, you're just a part of their experience as much as they're a part of your experience. And everyone wants a positive experience. No one goes into it wanting a negative experience. No one.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well said. Very well said. I think probably we were going to originally talk about sort of LVO, but I think if we do, we might hold it over to the next episode. Let's just say, well, done, Jack Harpster. Basically, yeah. Um, Yeah. And also our friend Nassim. Who came ninth, I believe, overall, which is huge. Um, and again, I think if if you watch any of the latter games of the event, I think it's one of those ones that actually watching those players might help you with if you do struggle at events with sort of looking at how they manage. Because if you watch the Jack Harpster versus Mike Porter game, the way in which actually they talk to each other but a lot of it is Jack Harpster rationalising what he's got to do um, and actually the way they talk is basically they discuss whether they're going to win or not and how mm. they're going to win and it's quite interesting for me anyway maybe no one else but actually that discussion during the game might actually it's help me playing with intent to... isn't it playing yeah. with intent is out what you
2: want to achieve and how can I achieve it mm. playing with that intent and verbalising yeah. that intent yeah. to your opponent
0: mm i think that's one of the things that i might try and do a bit more i do a bit but i'm not that level to do it actually doing that might help me to remember why i'm doing something because <laughs> otherwise i forget why i moved the thunderwolf cavalry there like i did against matt and then i charged both the redemptors and it went horribly wrong um oh, rather oh, than charge that, one you redemptor. can
2: just do you can just do what nadir Rosselli did and just roll off for it roll off for yeah, the win yeah
0: Yeah, that's one way. But, yeah, again, um, thank you very much uh, for listening. We're really amazed by the number of people that have actually joined us in this strange little podcast journey and are coming back and listening to episode after episode. And so thank you again to Simone, Matt, and Alex for joining me. And if you want to contact the email, there's teamhivemindtactics at gmail.com. Anyone other than Alex? i know you will but anyone other than alex would be amazing team Hive one on facebook again you can find our events there unfortunately the february one is fully booked but there is one coming up in april uh, that is going to be great as well and then finally in the description there will be the discord link and it'll also be on our facebook page as well and thank you very much for listening yeah bye bye guys mm-hmm.